Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Irman Laska. I'm a consultant radiologist. And hi, I'm Tushkin Warden. I'm a cardiology registrar and specialising in intervention. Have you been through, Sha? I don't even know what platform we're on anymore. It feels like Twitter's changed. Everything's changing so quickly. How you been yeah. there? Yeah, I'm okay. Are you the real Imran though? How would I, <laughs> how do I verify? It's it? true. It's true. I have not put $8 down or whatever it is to uh, blue tick myself, but I did look at it. I did look at it thinking none of it looks particularly compelling. No, not really. Have you seen it? It's like you get increased hours, you get less adverts. It's like, I do pay for YouTube premium. Do you pay for YouTube premium by any chance? No. What do you get with that? That's quite useful. You get YouTube music, so you can listen to pretty much everything. It's Spotify, but with yeah. YouTube. And then you can have no adverts and you can download videos as well. So uh, often there are podcasts that I just download so I can listen to them if I'm uh, on the tube or the train or something. The odd times I do go. So it's quite nice to have something like that available to me. Yeah, it's mainly the adverts. I can't remember the last time I saw an advert on YouTube now because uh, I paid to get rid of them because they're annoying. So it's quite good. You can't put a price on time, man. That's the thing, yeah. isn't it? And there's... All those few minutes and seconds, they do add up over, over a year. So yeah, wow. I don't think it's that terrible. Okay. Maybe it's terrible. I don't know. But um, yeah, Thrusha, you're going to be blue tick soon. I mean, that's something um, I've been wanting to get for a while now. <laughs> yeah, I want to get to a big follow. I just want more people to see, to laugh at my jokes. So I don't think the blue tick would necessarily <laughs> mean much in that way. I just need more people to follow me and validate me. That's all I want. Yeah, I mean, that. Yeah, I think we all need validation. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Speaking of validation, I've had a tough week this week. I've been, uh, I took on a personal trainer. Did I mention this last week or did I mention it to you through? I think I mentioned it to you yeah. after the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I took on a personal trainer just to see what it's like. Because we often talk about, oh yeah, that person, they can only get do that because they've got a personal trainer. They've got this, they've got that. And I thought, well, what would happen if I did try that out? And then um, I tried to sign up for one taste session, but the dude is now, if you want to sign up, you've got to sign up properly for a long time. And uh, I took a battering, man. I got to mm. say, and you know what was really weird? So he, on the first time I met him, so if anyone's interested, he does do some online, online stuff as well. Ajmal Karoum, A-J-M-A-L-K-H-U-R-A-M. He's on YouTube, Instagram, and all the rest of it. And a really lovely guy, actually. But the first session I had, we did legs, right? And I'm completely battered. And then the thing is, it's after the legs day, I realized that why have they got all the leg machines upstairs? How do you get the The final like, reps. Oh, it was horrendous to walk down. He's like, bro, you all right? And I'm like, no, I'm not all right. Yeah. First off, you made me list all that. And now I have to go down these stairs. And I had to literally hold on to the side and hobble down the stairs. Thought, thought, absolutely horrendous. It was horrendous. <laughs> but it's one of those things that you look back and think, yeah, all right. Fine. Hopefully this works. Uh, you, stops me from getting dad bod. Yeah, fair enough. That's the fight, isn't it? That's just like the daily struggle. <laughs> the constant battle. Two things. Yeah. One, to get rid of, d just to avoid dad. And the other mm. thing is to keep your calves just like a reasonable size. That's for me anyway. I don't know. Yeah. About, I can't remember what your calves are like. Well, I'm, I hate my like chicken leg calves. <laughs> it's so tiny. <laughs> so if I get a personal trainer, they'd be like, well, so what do you want? Do you want to get toned? Do you want to get like thick? Like, just sort of calves, mass. What calves is <laughs> That's all I want. Yeah. How have you been through? What's been going on this week? Uh, a few lab sessions. We've been going quite well. Tired, man, because the kids haven't been so well. Like every week, there's like a different kind of like illness and... Uh, so that then there's going to be like a few mishaps for that. I'm feeling some considerable pain from sleep deprivation. That'd be good. This weekend though, we've kept that kind of blank. So hopefully that'll be like an opportunity to just not do very much. What is there to really speak of? Uh, what is it notable? Oh, notable. Yeah, that's about it really. Not anything exciting. I find that like sometimes you think, you know what, I just want the kids to go away and so I can just actually relax. And when they're gone, you can't really relax because it's a bit quiet. Of course, right? There's not very much going on. The second, they're quiet. 
the second they're quiet, you know that something's really wrong. Something's about to happen. <laughs> something's about to go down. So yeah, something's going down. You need to live in the. You have to just exist in the chaos. And the minute the chaos stops, that's because more chaos is about to ensue. But it's like chaos squared. So yeah, the perilous <laughs> existence. Yeah, it isn't. I'm not really selling the whole kid thing, but uh-huh. I, I don't think I ever really sell it, do I, Thrush? I'm always, I, I've been, I'm on other groups saying, don't do it, don't do it, please don't do it. <laughs> I guess that probably yeah. does take us on. There was a tweet from Bella where she was talking, mm. do you see that one where she was talking to a medical student? I did, yes. I and think I, said, I tweeted back on that. Yeah, go Yeah, on. you did. Yeah. And where mm. she says, I think she replies that she perhaps went on maybe for longer than she'd have liked to, but ended up just talking for a long time about how she doesn't, she couldn't recommend medicine as a career. So she said, just spent the best part of an hour I to tell someone mm. when they should, why they shouldn't do medicine. I feel awful shitting on the dreams, but I can't, I just can't in good faith recommend it as a career anymore. She says, what do you think? Yeah. How, what do you think, Trisha? We've spoken about this, like whether we'd recommend it to our own children, uh, et cetera. Like we, it's a tough one, isn't it? What do you think? Yeah. I think the thing is that like there, I guess there's being realistic, but there's also like recognizing the kind of enthusiasm of it depends on who you're speaking to and I think it's is important to be honest because I think what's the point in like making out that everything is I don't know rainbows and sunshine but I think at the same time it is possible to give people advice but do it in a kind of kind way whereby you recognize that a person has enthusiasm and don't necessarily want to just beat them into submission with your kind of however Mm. you tend to be feeling and I do feel that Sometimes, depending on the type of week or day I've had, <laughs> I might give a slightly different kind of reflection on things. <laughs> so when you're on call, it's mostly expletives. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't hold it against her for being real. What do you think about it? I think, yeah, I mean, we, we've had students come through and I, it's more of a question as I always try and find out like, what is it they want and what do they think they're going to get? And that's more important than anything. But it's really hard to get that from them because as soon as you ask them the question, why do you want to do medicine? They'll come out with that. You've heard the answer before, all the standard stuff. And then I have to stop them and say, look, I heard this stuff before. I said this stuff myself, but what is it really? And then they try and come out with something else. And I say, okay, listen, okay. Is it this? Is it basically, I say, is it money? Is it status? What, do you actually want to help people? Or what is it? And then eventually some of them have come out with this. My parents do it and we've got a lot of people in the family. It just seems like a decent thing to do. Um, or that kind of thing. And I think for me, whenever I have someone like that, I always try and find out like, what is it that is driving them to do it? Because I think your drive will change. Because if you want to do it because you want to help people, that will probably change at some point. Because at some point you just can't be bothered anymore. You feel like I've got a list to do. I need to get through it. Right. That's what happens. There's become the names on a list and a whole lot of jobs to do. There has to be something more that you're getting, I think, anyway. Yeah, it's really difficult. But the thing is, we've spoken about this as well. Like the decision is made so young that you don't really understand what any of this stuff means. Yeah. You say to someone, oh, you don't get paid much, but then they'll say, but you do get paid. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And whatever you're getting paid is a lot, right? Isn't it? How much do you really need? Because they don't understand. It's hard to tell them that, no, listen, you could do a lot. If you, financially, finances matter and you could do financially very well if you did anything, lots of other things, right? Your dentistry mm-hmm. would be a good one if you want to do something similar. You know what I mean? But it's very difficult to explain to someone that. Right, context um, like, Yeah. Like, there's tax and you're like, Oh yeah, because it's, th- because it's impenetrable even now to like understand lots of it and then be mm. like, yeah, there'll be a mortgage and there'll be exam fees and whatever. Mm. But I think it's that way on purpose, isn't it? In some ways, like, because you don't, and because there's so many little things, you don't realize how you're getting shafted in tiny little ways. That's not difficult to get across to you. I don't know whether this is skewed. Obviously I've got a skewed version of what, who I meet and stuff, but most of the people that come through are relatives of 
uh, a doctor or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's just the way it works with us in Baz and they just happen to know someone that comes through. So I assume they, you would assume that they'd know, actually, interestingly, one, I assume would know everything really, but I end up having to, I think I mentioned it before, like I had to get to the board, the whiteboard and draw out like the trajectory of everything, all the subspecialties I knew of. And explain to them, it was like Back to the Future where he goes, this is the timeline, right? And then he kind of draws the, the parallel timelines. That's literally what I did for this person. Try and explain to them, like, you're looking at years. If you're going to say what you think you're going to do, then you're looking at absolutely decades. And that's nothing wrong with that. But you need to know that decades is a long, long time. But it was that kind of, yeah, I just, I, it's important to tell the truth. And I think even when someone says it takes a long time to get to where you want to get to, you don't really realize it until... You're in it. Like you just looking at your mates and all them around, they're like flourishing careers. And you're like still trundling along, hopefully going to finish one day and all that kind of stuff. It's, and it doesn't hit you till it hits you, right? It's hard to explain to yeah. people. And it's very hard yeah, to explain definitely. to them. I found, so it's no point sometimes. The, um, I think that brings yeah. us on quite nicely to, there was a tweet from Maria Lang. Yeah. And uh, she was saying, she's talking about the orthopedic exam and she says, Surely an exam with a 35% pass rate is a failure of the program, a failure of exam standard setting, or both. Exactly. It's ridiculous to have a narrative of choosing the best, investing into years of training, and then having 65% not reach the standard. It's not the candidates. And 100%. I think there's that kind of weird things that you might take for granted. Like I remember when I was at medical school, and I think I mentioned it before about my kind of you know, hearing about someone failing their RCP and being like, how can you fail that exam so many mm. times? But being but then like, those exams are just ridiculous. And now cynically, I look back on them as perhaps money-making schemes for the colleges. Like, I don't know what yeah, mate. But the, the, what annoyed me about it is I think it was the exams in general, yeah? It's like, I have no issue with trying to revise what you want me to revise. I have no issue with trying to remember what you asked me to remember, yeah? But you don't even tell me what I need to remember half the time. Like, you say, oh, yeah, don't worry. It's not a trick or anything. And then let's say they'll teach you about subarachnoid hemorrhages, right? And then they'll go find the most obscure... Thing that looks yeah. like a subarachnoid hemorrhage, and they'd be like, "Yeah, what's that?" You know, like, "Oh, it's a subarachnoid hemorrhage, isn't it?" Yeah, but it isn't because you're like, "Why though? Why?" Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> why? Just tell me what you need me to know, and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. But don't start. I don't want to be thinking out the box. I don't need to be thinking about the box. I'm too old for that. Just tell me what I need to know, and I'll do it. I promise I'll do it to the best of my ability. But yeah, I think it's. I agree. It, I feel if you want someone to pass the exam, and then they, if you're, if you're, like, let's say you're a tutor, you're a tutor. And your pass rate to get your students through a particular exam is like 35%. And, and how many people, do you think many people are going to come to you anymore? Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, I don't know, mate. I just don't think you've got credentials to be a tutor anymore, do you? Yeah, I just think there's a lot to unpick uh, when it comes to, comes to that. And like you said, it, it maybe it's a big cunning plan. A cunning plan to take as much money away from us as possible. And Beth and John, one of our co-hosts, did talk about a cunning plan that she'd uh, unfortunately uh, witnessed turn up where people are trying to talk about undermining and resisting ACPs, ANPs, and PAs. And it was quite a long Reddit thread, wasn't it? Going bullet point form as to how to go about undermining your fellow health professionals so that they, I don't know, don't take over medicine or something. Yeah, it's, I've never seen the amount of thought go into so this. so weird. It is <laughs> getting very strange. Yeah. Do you want to tell us more about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a Junior Doctors UK Reddit thread. Yeah. And they were talking, it was someone who's posted about ways of not overtly being dicks essentially <laughs> being a dick but with passive aggression yeah and i think this kind of stuff just shows how like they seem to be living like rent-free 
in people's heads. And um, one of the things that I think have been labeled back at us, or at least at people who push back at this whole kind of like anti-PA narrative is being out of touch or something. And I guess trying to think back because a lot of these people, or at least the non-accounts or the people who seem to be so upset about it tend to be medical students and F1s. And I think mm. they're probably at the most kind of insecure point in their career. And so I do feel for them in that way. And I was just trying to think back to how I felt as an F1. And I do remember thinking when, I remember seeing it once when seeing like a critical care outreach nurse and being mm. like, what do you, what is your role? Mm. And being a feeling, oh, okay, like they are doing gases. Oh no, they're saying that I need to do the gas. They're coming to assist the patient and said that I need to do these things. And I remember being like, is that, is that helpful? Is that helpful to me? And I remember, and I think part of that was that kind of insecurity or feeling at the kind of bottom of the food chain. And then, so I do empathize with them. Like, I get it. You do feel like that. And I remember like in surgery, so as a surgical F1, the specialist nurses, I remember feeling again, like undermined by them and literally feeling like the lowest rung in the ladder and treated with no respect because you felt you felt like you're made to feel like a kind of traveler where you're only going to be there for four months. You're pretty disposable. Your feelings don't mm. sound that way. You're a problem or just move on. But at the same time, like this kind of level of thought and stuff is just, I don't wish to break them, but it does make me worry about people feeling this way because I'm like, it's not conducive. So like, if you're like worrying about that, this kind of strange behavior, that's only harmful, really. You're just, you're wasting so much energy on this kind of roundabout. But it harks back to like, why... Are you here in the first place? A bit like that question we would ask someone thinking about coming into medicine, right? And if you're here genuinely, you know, the stand, what's the standard answer when someone says, I want to go into medicine, I want to help people. That's what people usually say. Yeah. And so it's like, there are other ways to help people. And so this person's helping people. And so just take the help that you can and go move on, right? And then if yeah. it's about status, you got your status. you got a DR in front of yeah. your name, right? If it's about money, you are getting paid. And one day you're going to hopefully get paid more. So you've got those things. So then it just becomes a matter of pride. That's all it is yeah. to me. That's what I think it is. That's and I get, I'm, I'm with you as well. I remember we had, used to have this respiratory nurse consultant and she used to, we used to, uh, and it feels very mean now, but when I used to tell the other F1s, we used to joke like how she used to always put across the word consultant before nurse all the time. And, and I feel like at the time we used to get bossed around by her a fair bit. Like you need exactly what you said, like she'd do all the assessments and then call us in and then get us to do like the ABGs and tell us what to do. And I think a lot of that is exactly what you said, your insecurity of where you are and what you mean to the workplace. But if you yeah. took a step back, and I, it took me a long time to realize like how important being a junior doctor is actually to the entire process. No one makes you feel like you're worth anything until the day that you're gone, or until the day that you're sick or the day that you go and leave and someone else has to cover your job. And when you come back, they're like, oh, thank God you're back, man. Honestly, mm -hmm. you know, who else? And it sounds really rubbish, but... You're doing all these jobs, but they are helping the bigger picture. But the thing is, I, I, like I, I kind of half jokingly said last time, I like, just, I don't know, man, just do something. Like, just go and do your work and go home. Don't worry about it. You're getting paid. You're on a nice trajectory, hopefully, to get to wherever you want to get to. Don't worry about the small stuff. If someone is doing ABGs instead of you, it's probably a good thing because you probably don't want to do it anyway in the first place because that stuff's boring. You want to do the stuff that you actually want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that things are changing. Things are changing so much out there. And things are going to keep yeah. changing and you, and you're smart. You're clearly smart to yeah, be where yeah. you are. So be nimble think about where you want to be. Look at what the trends yeah. are saying, look at what's going on. And if you think that in the long term, something might not work out, 
that's going to give you what you think you want, then don't go for it. Don't get annoyed by other people doing those things. Let them do them and you do. You get to where you need to get to. That's all that matters. But I mean, I guess it does relate to, I mean, there was another tweet from about ACPs as well, wasn't it? About them doing uh, endoscopy procedures, wasn't it? Yeah. And that kind of the same sentiment, isn't it? About them taking yeah. on more and more bigger roles. I say bigger roles. Is it a bigger role? Fine. Yeah. Like quotation mark, bigger role. Go on. Yeah. Interestingly, I think that there's a point here. So this is from a surgical trainee and they were saying that endoscopy training isn't really prioritized for them. And so they have to go, I think, yeah, they have to go outside their training. From what I understand, please correct us if we're wrong. And they were saying that, so this was, uh, there was a quote tweet for, uh, from Lorraine underscore Hickey. And she says, I wish as a senior colorectal trainee that similar endoscopy training was prioritized for us. Getting any training list is as scarce as hen's teeth. And she's referencing this, I think it's a Reddit post, but anyway, mm. physician associates are now elig eligible to apply to HEE, clinical endoscopist training. He's pleased to announce a new future pipeline of workforce for endoscopy departments across the regions of England. We are proud to have worked with the Joint Advisory Committee on Gastrointestinal Endoscopy, JAG, to develop a clinical endoscopist training program to help address the increasing demand for endoscopy services and blah. Yeah. And so I guess, again, it's feeling unprioritized. Yeah. I don't know. When I, obviously I don't do surgery and I never even remotely considered it for, or maybe for like all of one minute, it just doesn't seem very nice out there, man. It just seems like a lot of work. Don't you think? Like, it just feel bad for those guys. They have well, to fight for it. training. They've got to do all this stuff and look at it and I don't know, man, is it, is the juice worth a squeeze? Really? If you lose, it sounds like a training opportunity that you want to do. And if it's something that you really want to do and you're going to lose it, then fair enough. I can see why you get upset, but maybe that means that you do something else. I would have thought maybe do something more interesting. Maybe endoscopy is not actually, <laughs> I would assume, I don't know. Like how does this work? So you tell me, mate, how would you feel if someone started doing the, I don't know, if interventional radiology said, you know what, mate, we're taking back that procedure. We're going to do, we're going to do those stents and all the rest of it now. Would you be like, but would oh, that mean that I, I can't do them anymore? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they're going to give it to their registrars. So the stuff that I've spent the last 10 years gearing my <laughs> And then the, <laughs> and radiology says, you know what? We're going to get our registrars to do that from now on. You don't need to. Don't worry about it. You go do something else. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to go, I'd have to go like to my fallback career of male modeling or something. I don't know. Yes. I don't know, mate. I think I we should vote like, for this to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I refuse that. A better example might be where if suddenly there was like an influx of trainees from radiology who's suddenly being trained to do angiograms or whatever. But yeah. I think that there's so many, there's so many, there's like waiting lists and whatever, and the demand mm. is there. And I think if there's still work for me, then I'm not sure I'd see the big problem in it. Mm. But I guess so, my point is, I guess, is that if that were to happen, wouldn't you just go find something else to do? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just, you'd be like, all right, okay. No, not as in, within medicine or within cardiology. Oh, like, all right. Okay. Fine. It's just not my job. It's not my job. I'll go do something else then, isn't it? What can you do? It's all right. Yeah. How much you like, really, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to have these. I just feel like stuff. putting an entire career onto one type, one procedure is a bit like, you surely should be able to do other things. Just go do the other thing. True. But isn't it? Uh, yeah. But a lot of that's out of control. But you've seen though, right? How things are becoming more and more niche, aren't they? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Like the red cell hematology reg and the white cell. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Do they actually dress in red and white as well? The one it's comes in like the angel and the other one is a devil. I don't, I don't think it's quite <laughs> as strict as that. I think you come to, I think you're allowed to get away with the thigh. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. No horns and no, uh, yeah. So, but okay. Yeah. Okay. This allegedly might have happened, right? May, I might have turned up to, okay. I might have been trained in doing facet joint injections. Uh, I may, it may be true. And, um, okay. The thing is, facet joint injections only really come to radiology if they're particularly difficult. And when you do these facet joint injections, 
they can take a long time because there's a lot of variables. And I don't like variables. I, I want to be in and out. That's, I'm all about getting in and out as quickly as possible. When it came to taking on my new career and my new job, and my new place, one of the questions were, can you do faster joint injections? And I thought, right. no, that's what I said. Uh-huh. And they said, really? I was like, yeah, no. I'm like, okay. That was it. And the thing is, I get it. Someone else ended up doing them and I assume they enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I don't want anything to do with that kind of thing because it takes time. Yeah, it's the enough. way it is. But yeah, yeah, I feel like you make things, obviously that's allegedly and that may or may not have happened. Yeah. But exactly. I feel like you do, you should try and make things work for you regardless of the circumstances. Or just kind of think about, is this really what I want? Is this really be yeah. going to be the end all? Is this really going to get me to where I want to be? Uh, and yeah. in that particular situation, sitting there for a morning list doing like one, one facet drawing could take 20 minutes. The other one could take like an hour because it's wriggling around and all the rest of it. I think, yeah, I'm not up for that anymore. No, mate, I don't care. Nah. Look, a part of it though, isn't just that it's like I'm being valued. So Ivy, she was saying, sometimes I think about the specialties that I wrote off as a career choice because of how one person treated me. A large reason why I loved ENT is because a consultant was absolutely lovely, took me to theater, helped me with audit publication and showed me that ENT is hard, hard, hard. I like the reply. There's a reply from Marine that says, my favorite was at the end of tertiary O&G placement when I texted the group chat of the department <laughs> doctors to say, thanks for helping us. It's my last day today. Wish you all the best. And literally no one replied <laughs> because I didn't know who I was, even though I've been there for four months. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, sorry about that. They're clearly a busy department, isn't it? With people running in and out of that place, isn't it? Yeah, well, so much of everything is based on who you bump into, right? And um, yeah, and the opportunities that come your way. Maybe you've had that analogy, there, or maybe it was some research or something where they're talking about uh, unlucky people versus lucky people. Have you heard this one? Uh, there, there'll be a whole bunch of people who say they're unlucky, and there'll be a whole bunch of people that say they're lucky. And what will happen, okay. what they did was put 20 quid on the floor and uh, in a restaurant. And then the lucky people walked in, found the 20 quid, asked the person next to them, is this yours? And then a the person that was sitting there was an actor pretending to be like some sort of big shot person, end up talking and maybe swapping numbers. But the unlucky people walked in so this is yours and the guys, yeah, and they gave them 20 quid and walked back, walked off. And so the point was that the idea of being lucky is actually a matter of perspective and actually looking out for opportunities. If you're the kind of person who's looking out for opportunities, you're more likely to take on opportunities, but it just depends on what you think the opportunity is, right? Yeah. Let's say that I just saying that there, there may be other subspecialties that would be quite willing and quite up for taking you on board. It's just, they haven't been, you haven't noticed the opportunity or that they haven't given you opportunity, or it might be worth going, looking for the opportunity to see if it exists because so much of it is about your own perspective as well. Right. You can go in for a scan. I'm not saying you should do this, but you can go in for a scan and start asking about the training, asking about that scan, wanting to learn more. That's something. Or you can just drop the scan and go away, which is fine. It just depends on what you're trying to look for, what your perspective on things are, right? But I don't think it's a good idea just to wait for someone to be nice to you, nice to you and then uh, choose that, right? What do you think? Yeah, you're, I think what you were saying before about ego and stuff is like a, is a really big part in it because it's about how fixed you are upon this particular path. And so I think that also will govern how flexible you are to kind of, cons- because you're talking about how you're talking about perspectives. And mm. I think also if your if your mindset is like this thing, then mm. sometimes it can be very difficult to look into your peripheral vision and consider other things. Mm. And I think, like as you say, just to harp on about perspective, it's definitely changed as time's gone in my training. And mm. also, I was thinking literally today about one of the other interventional trainees was saying about how they had a few lists where they're just doing angiograms. Like when you do a list, 
obviously like there are possible ones where you'll go on to do PCI, but sometimes you'll do the angiogram and you won't find coronary disease to treat, right? Mm. He was saying to me, like, it's really frustrating. Last few lists I've had that just, just been angiograms. And I remember as a junior reg, seeing my senior reg, saying stuff along the same line and also mm. getting a bit wound up to the beginning. It's like being just cats and just cats. And I remember one day, like thinking to myself, I remember when I'd turn up to those cath lists and feel well stressed about being able to do the angiogram like, by myself. And now it's like just a cath or whatever. And if I was to think about that me then, I'd be pretty like damn stoked that I'm in this position now where I'm like not happy or whatever and doing other things. Also like now as like the senior age, when that guy was like telling me that, didn't really take that perspective. I was just a bit along the lines of, yeah, there are kind of things that you learn from other, from like challenging anatomy or whatever. But my point is that sometimes it also depends on the cohort that you're in, in terms mm. of what, how like blinkered you are about other things. And yeah. I hope that like now as a senior trainee that I can give an aura of not being so obsessed with being an absolutely every kind of list and whatever. And I think the reason why I say that is because I think, say, for example, if you look at the kind of cohort of people who might choose certain kind of medical specialties, I think I, I basically came down to ego. And I think I was getting, I think my point was going to be something like, I think there's a lot of ego and stuff in surgery. And I think a lot of that comes from our seniors, not, but then you end up adopting their kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. because that's the environment you're in. Yeah. And so it makes it very difficult to consider alternatives. I feel bad for them, but you hope that kind of people will break that mold eventually. No, I, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think obviously you do pick up a lot from your seniors and stuff. And I remember when I first had some seniors, it depends on the seniority, but some seniors just get really annoyed about the scans that were coming in. Um, obviously, like, it feels so silly to about scans when compared to, I don't know, saving someone's heart. But anyway, this is the life I have. So people used to get really annoyed about the scans that were coming in and be like, oh, God, it's such a waste of time. I've had this many normal scans, such a ridiculous time. But then after a while, I thought to myself, like, that's actually quite good, though, isn't it? It's like a really easy scan. Mm. So, like, why am I complaining about the easy stuff? Like, it's the ones that are hard yeah. that you think, oh, great, here we go. Yeah, yeah. And your life, as you get more and more senior... The way I took it was that I'm quite pleased when something comes back normal and something's very, it's great for the patient. Great and great for me. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. I love it. Love it. I love a normal scan. I love a normal thing coming through. I love all of that stuff. That's the best. Those are the best ones. Um, But yeah, coming back to that sort of, what would you tell uh, like a junior doctor or anyone coming into medicine is I would genuinely say, think about the bigger picture. I would even literally be the kind of person that would walk around the car, the consultant car park and look at who's got the biggest car. (laughs) Who's got the Bentley? Who is that? And uh, how do I do what they do? And how hard is it to do what they do? I'm playing around, but you might miss a few opportunities if you're just waiting for someone to be nice to you. And you just want to look around and see what people think about what it is that you really want from all of this and see which subspects could do that for you and then try and go for it. Because yeah. I think it could really stop you getting to where you want to get to. You're all smart people and proving yourself time and time again, despite how you feel. And sometimes, you know, yeah, I know medicine can be hard out there, isn't it? Especially with some seniors who are, can be a little bit off. Yeah. I do feel like there'd be people who would respond to that sentiment. Mm. I, not that I'm agreeing or playing devil's advocate, but mm. I think because it, I think it links on quite well to one of the other things I wanted to mention, but we'll say, oh, you're not like that. You're not really not driven enough then if you're just willing to mm. consider other things. Like I can imagine there'd be a vertical type and say you don't want it enough. And oh, yeah, yeah. Really... I say to stuff like that, which is driven in different things, mate. I'm driven to sit on my backside and do jack all nice. for as long as possible. <laughs> That's the yeah, drive. I agree. There's a New York Post that said, Gen Z party poopers yeah, yeah, yeah. have ruined after work drinks. And I just thought that's like a really interesting kind of perspective to take. And in honesty, isn't that a great thing that they don't want to yes. go and get scratched after work? Mm. And then, but I saw this kind of, the, the, the tweet that I copied in mm. was uh, from Heidi and Moore, or her, her, her handle's at 
more more end like more end. Mm. Uh, wow, the youth have no respect for situations that are ripe for workplace harassment. Exactly. Mm. And then they say he's mad about this married Gen X dudes who wanted to hit on younger co-workers. I think there's a very good change in things. Like a lot of the time people would say stuff like, choose a job that you love because you're going to spend most of your time doing it. The people that you spend your time with are going to be actually most of the hours that you spend are going to be at work with your work colleagues. But this kind of thing shows me that hopefully things are not are changing. Not that I've got any issues with my work colleagues. They're very lovely and stuff, but they're not the primary source of happiness and what you're looking for. And if you're telling me that Gen Z people aren't willing to hang around for after work dinners, it just means that work and the whole work ethos and everything around work is not as big a deal as it used to be for people, which I think is a good thing. If they're going home and doing whatever they want to do, I don't know, going to the gym and watching Netflix or the rest of it, then, then that's better, isn't it? It's better, it's better for them and better for everyone that they've got happy people spending time with their, their loved ones, one would hope, or meeting new people mm-hmm. in the environments they'd like to meet new people. I don't know. And then maybe they go and dress up as whatever they want to dress up uh, in their own time and then get called in. Uh, did you see that one? There was a nice little tweet oh, about yeah. Halloween. Halloween. I would, you know what? I f- we forgot about the balls up, didn't we? So can we put this as a balls up of the week? The manscape balls up. No, no, no. We've got another. No, okay, got fine. Got You've got balls on. Okay, fine. This was re- this cracked me up because it was Halloween, and uh, this doctor <laughs> was clearly at a Halloween party and was called in to deliver. <laughs> deliver. I just looked at the pic- pictures. Yeah, uh, deliver yeah. a baby. But they were dressed as uh, the Joker, not the Joker from. I don't know, Batman Return. It was a Batman Returns. I'm going to upset you, aren't I? The Batman. The Batman. Okay. Oh yeah, Batman Returns was the Penguin. So it's Batman with Michael Keaton. It wasn't that one. It was. It's from, it was Heath Ledger. Yeah, it was Heath Ledger. Yeah, the, Dark the Dark Knight. You were really you were testing me there. Yeah, I can see your face. Oh, I hope yeah. I don't get this wrong. See, as you know, I love like gravity. I to take the little push. <laughs> He's literally <laughs> delivered the baby dressed up as that Joker. It is horrendous. But funny and wonderful that, all at the same time. Don't you think? That's amazing. That is <laughs> a really cool costume as well. Yeah. And to come I and deliver like, it as a... To be honest, yeah, if you're on call and they go, I wouldn't want to take that makeoff off. They've done such a good job. <laughs> they should be like, they should deliver things as Teletubbies or something. You know, that might be more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, Here's nice. the Obson guy and he can say, oh, just if it's a Teletubby today. All right, here we go. <laughs> light in the mood. Yeah, light in the mood. Yeah. Speaking of babies, mm. did you see that the... There was, some, oh, yeah. there was a tweet that said the name Nigel is now officially extinct. In the last year for which records are available, the number of babies called Nigel was precisely zero. But this is why Isn't that amazing. But this is why well, this is why Brexit's happened, isn't it? So we can get more Nigels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's, there's not enough Nigels. Yeah, like, we need one, to, uh, to do one it. Brexit bonus mm. at least. Uh, do you anyone? Do you know anyone called Nigel? I don't actually. No, no, I don't either. Although okay. embarrassingly, there was a rat. Hmm. Who I called Nigel. <laughs> People are like, why are you calling him Nigel? I thought that, I thought that was a thing. But they're like, it's no words. I can't even remember what his name was. Damn oh, it. I, I literally still remember. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is correct me. Uh, it just takes one famous person to come out as Nigel. So then the next David Beckham is going to be called Nigel or something. And that's it. A whole load of babies will be yeah. called the next Nigel. Should we go on to the uh, balls up of the week? Should we just get that done? Yeah. What was the balls up of the week? So. I called it Balls Up of the Week because there was a junior doctor's post which talked about competition ratios. Mm. It said that all recruitment to CT1, ST1 posts had a competition of greater than two, including GP, pediatrics, and inter, uh, and uh, integrated medical training, right? And then from there, this is seemed to spiral into stuff about uh, international medical. Again. 
Oh, yeah, that's how it came. Oh, man. That's, it came from. That. Oh, really? It came from that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, balls up of the week, which goes to uh, junior doctor Reddit forums about uh, bringing in international medical graduates into competition ratios when they're clearly not related to one another at all. Um, do support the Two Medics podcast brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precisely engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their exclusive offer of 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code uh, 2 at manscaped.com. And if my math's correct, that's 12 million balls. So anyway, yeah, like we said before, there's some really great products in here. I genuinely have started using them quite regularly. Uh, I would 100% have a look at them. Do check it out. Type in 2 at uh, manscaped.com to get 20% off. And yeah, Christmas is around the corner. Yeah, why not just get someone that you love? Someone that you like, or someone maybe you don't like all that much. Some Manscaped boxes, at least, because um, they're decent. They are a decent set. They said the whole thing's a very decent set of kit, and it all looks very fancy. Uh, fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Lawn mowers, waterproof, and has a 4000K LED spotlight. And uh, there's loads of really cool stuff there. So do check out their website and do use it and support the podcast. So yeah, I feel like we talked a little bit about this last week, didn't we? Because there was a lot of negativity towards international medical graduates. And I think I did mention that, look, in one minute you want no competition, next minute you do want competitive, like competitive situations, and the other minute you don't want competitive situations. It just doesn't make any sense. And we've seen the story time and time again, we've got someone international coming across and not getting the opportunities that one would hope they'd get just based on what they look like. And one would hope we're all on the same page here. It's not. It's not about that life, man. It's not about that life of giving people a hard time or not giving them what they deserve based on where they are from. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because it shows like they went, it went from competition ratios to that. Mm. And you'd think that people would get annoyed at the lap. If you look at the post numbers, mm. like how they're not increasing. Mm. Some of the roles like uh, where we do need many, there are like a uh, post crises. There aren't that many posts and you're like, that's what the problem is. But no, the focus shifted to that. And so people are like, oh, it's not racist to talk about it. Mm. No, it's not. In fact, did you see there was this, I swear to God, this person is like Sajid Javid of like brown people. <laughs> uh, do you see this tweet? God. I won't mention this person's name because they're a medical student and, and stuff. But you could see that when this guy tweeted going, well, it's not racist to have legitimate concern. Oh, God, I love you can see one. like people yeah. like Veiny Man mm. and stuff like, oh, you, you're, you're, you're like, mate, look who's agreeing with you. Mm. Maybe that will give you like a yardstick as to like, <laughs> which road you're going down. And look at the company you're keeping mm. with your like trash piece. And like, because when I think is that that's why all that kind of stuff, when people go from competition ratios to talking about inter uh, international graduates. There's something going on there that's just not being said out loud. Mm. And that's all we see that there's people of color in jobs and that's the problem. Yeah, that's what they're and, talking about. Yeah, they? th exactly. And that's the dog whistle, right? That's, people can hear it. It's, they're not saying it out loud. You're not hearing it. And then, but then when you're going, oh, it's not racist, it's like legitimate concerns or whatever. Mm. As if tackling racism, which we know can take many forms, as if that is like some kind of derailment of this racism is a distraction. Mm. It's not, it's an important part of life and like people's existence and their so just to call that a distraction is it just shows that maybe you think it's exhausting and been talked about enough then i think that's probably you're part of the problem because mm. it won't need to be talked about anymore when it's gone yeah but if you're like oh yeah it's not or it's like then get it you don't have the fortitude you, you don't think it's that important you think it's been talked about enough you don't recognize that it's still a problem 
that's an issue. Sorry. But it's fine. I just hope that there was, I hope that this is just a vocal minority. Like it just has to, I can't imagine this is like a general thing. And it, it, I think we spoke about this the other day. There's a YouTuber that I follow and he's quite hilarious, but he started a, uh, a cryptocurrency and then the cryptocurrency okay. started inadvertently taking off. And he was a bit like, I didn't expect to take off. I just did as a joke, just to show you how people can manufacture a cryptocurrency very easily. But what ended up happening was that it started getting hijacked and people started tweeting and going on about it. And it actually started becoming something of value. And to the point that he was actually suddenly worth like millions and millions of dollars. But the thing is, he's already quite well off. So he was like, I don't, I don't want to scam people. So he actually shut down a whole load of it, donated a whole load of it and just let everyone else run with it. But he was saying that what was interesting about this particular thing was that a vocal minority was just managing to make it hyped up. And it was the same account saying the same thing, going to multiple places, hyping this up. But when he really looked at who were doing it, there was only like a select few that somehow increased the value of something that was essentially worthless. And so this is what I think about this kind of stuff as well as like, essentially, this is the worthless op opinion, isn't it? Really? When you get when you've got competition ratios you, and the bigger picture is that you need more radiologists, cardiologists, you need all these people and he's all these people. Right. And if someone comes out where there's nothing argument about, yeah, but you know what, it's their fault because they're coming up across this country. And what ends up happening is that you get the vocal minority that keep, I think, and I hope it's a vocal minority that keep going on and on about it from Anon accounts, their own accounts, and they agreeing with one another. And then it just comes across this as a bigger deal. And I just really hope that this is not like a general sentiment amongst people. And just bring, trying to say something else. Our sister, uh, for those that don't know, is Romana Alaska. And she actually gets, it's really weird that because of this podcast, she has some people come up to her and say, are they, is she, because her name's Alaska, they assume that she's married to me, which is weird. Oh, but yeah, I know they're like, oh, are you married? And it's like, no, she's my brother. And it's like, oh, okay. But she was telling me, uh, I don't know whether I'm, she said, but anyway, she was saying that the people that she teaches, she does some teaching like PDS or something at UCL. And she was telling me that the students that are coming in now are very aware. And you can have these very frank conversations about biases and white privilege and all these kind of things. And mm. they are completely aware of it, completely talking about it very openly non-issue. Whereas I feel like for maybe, I hate to say our generation, but yeah, we are a bit older. Uh, these conversations are still hard to have. And we can see on Twitter that when they do come up, they become difficult topics and people get irate, people get emotional and get angry. But if anything, uh, on the very skewed uh, version of events from what I hear from my sister, uh, things are getting better that people can talk about these things and hopefully not go to dark places by doing so. Yeah. So maybe that's some hope for the future. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, that gets the balls of the week. Well done. Uh, hopefully junior doctor Reddit doesn't keep getting balls of the week, but I feel like as long as you're sponsored by uh, Manscaped, this might keep happening. So anyway, if you did enjoy that segment, please, please do go buy some boxes for someone you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they become someone you do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Uh, so there's a kind of lighthearted tweet that I wanted to mention. So there's mm. a tweet from Lucy Huber or at CL Hubes that says, the funniest thing that's ever happened to me as a parent is once my two-year-old was having a full-on meltdown and accidentally kicked an electronic toy dinosaur and it went, can you feed me? And my son, through massive sobs, goes, no, I can't right now, dinosaur, and continues screaming. <laughs> kids are funny, isn't it? It's really funny. Yeah. I think uh, my kids today were like uh, doing some sort of, they said, this is the best athletic in the world. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I looked across and she meant athlete. And then she was telling my son that he was going to jump over some pillows and it was just some two, three pillows, oh, yeah. but he was so pleased. So I had to like really clap and yeah, awesome. Well done, son. Yeah, yeah. Well done. 
Not that he really cared about my opinion. <laughs> I told you what my son, I told you what my son, yeah, I messaged you the other day when I was really upset because he was like, we're in the car, we're driving along. And he goes, you know what, to my wife and me, I'm going to grow up one day and I'm going to get myself a really big house. I thought, cool, you know, you go do that. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's going to be made of cookies. I mean, no, it's going to be a muffin house. It's a muffin house, dad. I was like, that's awesome. And he's, you know what, it's going to be really great. Everyone can come over, everyone can visit and they can have their muffins except you, dad. And I thought, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, you're not allowed to come to my muffin house. It's like, wow, bro. He's like, what? no, I just got angry with him. I just got really upset. I just stopped talking. <laughs> I didn't out. like it. I didn't like it. I, I thought it was a bit harsh, but you know what? I joke with Rabia that let's say one day if the Alaska family becomes a very rich family with like multiple areas of land, people say, this, was, this is the Alaska family. But then they say, yeah. they're going to say something like, but they changed their names to something else because <laughs> something of else. this one person <laughs> yeah. who didn't quite like the rest of the family. Like, yeah, that's going to be him. <laughs> They'll be like living in Sydney or something, Australia, somewhere really sunny. And, and you'll still be doing the podcast with me. Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, put, I'll be putting my teeth in and be like, all right, here we go, bro. Let's do this podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was something interesting that came landscape. from... Yeah, still by Manscaped, yeah. As if anyone would be interested in that boys by then. Uh, there was a really... There's an account that I've been following, or not following, but see pop up a few times. Uh, Sahil Bloom, yeah. maybe worth a follow. He's oh, does yeah, a few yeah. good tweets. But there's one good tweet you gave where he said, you don't need to have an opinion on everything. It's perfectly reasonable to have no opinion on something that you haven't researched or don't understand. Wow. Isn't that a good sentence? That is, yeah, that is what a lot of people need to understand that you, you just don't need to have an opinion. You just don't need to have an opinion at all. Yeah. I think that's useful and that kind of does lead on to this other tweet from Jessica. Jessica oh, yeah, so yeah. I worked with her in cardiology and she said, I've been mistaken for so many different Chinese doctors at work that I feel we should all just line up and take a photo together and ask our teams to pick out the correct person. Oh. And there are some people mm. who are applying with just apologist rubbish. And uh, I think there's one person in particular whose research on this suggests people are poor at differentiating, basically quoting some really old, terrible research. Mm. And uh, and then this person literally put in this paper, and I was like, I, I could smell the bullshit. And so, <laughs> I look, and so I think so now. I was like, this is bullshit. Mm. And I was like, did you even read the, the paper that you posted? But then, interestingly, like spinning on from that, there were some people saying, oh, sometimes I'd find it hard. And basically, there are a few white women who are basically saying, oh yeah, like it's really hard for us, and oh, we feel really uncomfortable like bringing it up. And then they were talking about it, like in a way, it was really weird because they were applying to Shivani. And basically mm. it's kind of putting this onus on Shivani to be like, oh no, we're not talking about you. And I was like, in the center of this, it was Jessica talking about her feelings and being mm. just being really having to say, no, I'm not that person. Sorry. I'm like me. I've been watching mm. here for this period. Of and instead of that, it just reframed it to those, the, to their feelings. And interestingly, in that situation, I think for, Je for Jessica anyway, I imagine most of this will come from people who perhaps more senior to her. I think that's often where it can, can become really quite hurtful. And the people who are applying were quite senior and you're like, there's a power gradient there. Yet we're having to think about your feelings amongst this. Mm. And have you even replied to the original person to say, I'm sorry that you feel that way? No, all you've done is stolen a narrative. Mm. I don't know if I'm being harsh. Do you want harsh? No, I mean, it's a common thing, isn't it, with this kind of stuff. I don't know whether, I didn't know whether I was going to bring this up, but I might as well. I don't know if you heard of someone called True Geordie. You ever heard of True Geordie? Oh, the, God, yeah, yes. yeah. Something went down with him. For those of you who don't know, yeah. True Geordie's got a, a very big podcast. Actually, they were sponsored by Manscaped at one point. Were anyway, they? Yeah, I, I remember because, yeah, uh, anyway, but there was sort of stuff I had to read through. But yeah, True Geordie were sponsored by the same sponsors. But the, yeah, okay, so I'll just say it. So basically, uh, another internet celebrity who will remain nameless has recently converted to Islam. And True Geordie doesn't like this person on a personal level and decided to make a joke about the person blowing themselves up. 
And if they were really true to Islam, essentially he was saying if they were true to Islam and stuff, then they should just blow themselves up, which is a terrible thing to say. Um, And I I think after the episode aired and stuff, clearly it took a bit of a, people were tweeting about it and stuff. And then uh, one would hope that someone spoke to him and then he did an apology. And I don't know if anyone saw the apology, but it was, yeah, one of the worst apologies I'd ever seen. But then what made it, so what, remember, we've spoken this, what makes a good apology through show? And I've learned this from working with you and doing this podcast and watching Twitter and seeing where it's gone wrong. And I feel like there are rules for an apology that people need to follow. And since that, I've taken that to heart with myself when I do apologize or think I've done something wrong. There's a way to apologize. Rusha, what went wrong with this apology and what, what, what people are still upset about? Even though the guy said sorry. He said sorry. So what's the issue? He did. He, I think he did use the word sorry. I think the problem is mm. that he doesn't really express. So it's, he puts it on other people for starters. So in, in some ways that doesn't really take response. You don't own the hurt you've caused. You make it about how people have interpreted what you said. He does, he uses a few tropes, I think, that he, I can't remember all of it, but I don't think, it's like a whole episode, I think that's the other thing. He made like a whole episode out of it, mm. and you're like, I, I think in that way, it almost makes you think that this person's doing it for attention. He mm. just turned it into a podcast episode. So there's lots of things that essentially just show insincerity, and I think that's the most important thing about an apology, is sincerity. You show, you say that you're sorry, you say that you regret what's happened, and you acknowledge what you've done wrong. And the other things that you need to realize, or at least with a good apology, is show some willingness to change your behavior or understand what you've done wrong and then change. Right? And then I don't think that a person has done that. They've used the notoriety from this to spin out more views. Mm. So it doesn't seem terribly sincere at all. It's a terrible apology for that reason. Yeah. The few apologies that we've seen so far, the best ones are just like, sorry, I've got it wrong and I need to work on myself. There's no excuse. I'm sorry. And that's, they just yeah. said it. And there's no excuse. There's no explaining. There's nothing. But unfortunately, yeah, so, this one was like, there was lots of drivel and talking about themselves and how they felt about it and like their own yeah. issues. And like, yeah, okay. But just say sorry and move on, man. Like in truth, most people, I think, I know we've got a bit of a cancer culture. I think a lot of people are wanting into cancer. And I think he's been dropped by one of the sponsors, uh, fortunately. Yeah, so Jim Shark. Shark sponsored him. But it's like most people just don't want the grief, do they? Do they really want people to be canceled? I mean, this is, Essentially, his livelihood, isn't it? And this is what he does. He doesn't do anything else, as far as I understand. So, if his media career goes out the window, what's the guy going to do for them? He's only what, like mid thirties or something. You don't really—I don't know. I wouldn't want him to be a hundred percent cancelled. You don't want him to lose everything over what is a passing comment. But you'd hope that someone just learn and move on and just do something positive. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. generous to say it's passing comment, though, isn't it? Because obviously, with that apology, he hasn't really learned anything. And it, the things that other people have come out and said that he said stuff like that before. So you, oh yeah. So you're like, yes, yeah. oh, so so then you're like, what's a trash person? So. Maybe he shouldn't, maybe he should be making a living doing other things where he isn't spreading this kind of bilious message to people. Cause obviously people are listening and be like, oh, I don't know. I'm not, I feel like censoring people, but I am for people having consequences for being idiots. Yeah, true. I just hope that. I don't know. I hope this guy just, uh, finds fixes, happiness. I hope he yeah, finds just, peace. Just fix but whatever the issue is. If you can't. Yeah, like just, it's, he'll lead a bed, he'll, his life will be better if he stopped being a prick. No, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a thing where if everyone is a prick around you, then maybe you're the prick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there was a tweet that I definitely w- I wanted to bring up which, because it was so hilarious. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. So there's a tweet from TDM at Dr. T-A-D-M. And he goes, so he copied in uh, a kind of a, a WhatsApp messages, which said, apparently it's the job of the night FY to mm. fold the scrubs that get delivered to oh, the board and it. put them into neat piles for the consultant. Mm. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. 
But then, now, have you never had a useless job to do? Have you not had a useless job that you got to do for the consultant? There must have been at some point a useless job. That yeah. You just thought, nah, man, uh, why? It shows that it's for weird electives, weird electives being. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when radiology, before it had PAX computers, it was the registrar's job to gauge the films and put it into this kind of roller for the consultant okay. to come and kind of roll, it, roll through the images and stuff. So it was their job to get all the images ready. That was it. Like literally pick up these things and put it into the light boxes, into this roller things and stuff like that. And then I think when I was, I mean, I didn't have to do that, thankfully, because PAX and all that stuff had existed by the time I got there. But I had to come in and I had to write down the biopsy results onto some stickers print out like the name and then put it onto there onto the six and i was like st4 by oh that. yeah you're right yeah it's, yeah it's you just have to like drive the mdt right essentially like that's done on teams and like <laughs> just have a computer and i like open the images and scroll through the images so the yeah fast. i wrote once i was at an mdt this is brilliant and so the i think there was a, like, a similar person was driving the mdt but i think they were very junior like an f1 or something and they kept yeah. reading out the pathology results and then the pathologist was like sorry excuse me can you stop doing that's my job and then she was like, oh, okay, sorry, yeah. And then she just said exactly the same thing. And it kept happening again and again. And, they just, and the pathologist can irate, listen, oh, start taking my job away from us. Well, she's saying the same thing as you. What's the deal here? <laughs> like, it does actually make you wonder, why are you here? If she's going to read out your report. <laughs> and no one knows what's going on pathology anyway. Sorry, I know the pathologist that may listen to us, but no one knows what's going on. You're going to show me all those cells. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we had some I just, silly jobs over the years. It's bonkers, isn't it? I, yeah. I just think it's. Um, I, I can see why people would balk at the idea of doing that. Yeah, this is something else, isn't it? It's, come on, mate. I didn't go through. I think I joked with someone. I didn't go through what six years of uni, two years of junior, four years of st st training to be now writing labels and sticking it on this piece of paper for the consultant to walk in and be like, oh, okay, well, it was uh, a yeah, benign lesion. Great, thanks. Okay, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's silly, isn't it? But it's strange what the stuff we get up to in medicine anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So a few other kind of like hot topics. So obviously the nurses across the UK have voted to strike mm. before Christmas. So but wasn't there something that happened though? But there was something that happened where there wasn't, wasn't enough votes somewhere. I missed that. What was that? So I think it's because, yeah, there weren't enough votes. I think for it to be all of the trusts, I think it's going to be certain trusts, I think. Whoa. And so I think people are saying it's an important lesson to learn in terms of organizing and not be. And I think the government obviously... Uh, or the powers that be have done mm. the masterful things here. One is to ensure that legally you have to vote by post. Mm. The Tories are voting for their leader. They did that online. But for the for balloting to this, you have to do it by post. Whatever reason, I'm sure it's some bullshit reason. But that makes it more difficult. Mm. If you imagine some, like a nurse who's like busy juggling, juggling their life, like having to do that, it's just like an extra bit of bureaucracy. And two, I guess you had to be an RCN mm. member, right? And I think if you're like worrying about making ends meet in terms of paying your bills, uh, paying for fuel, uh, you're paying for all those things. Then being a member of the union, I think up until like recently, that would have seemed like a luxury. So that would have been mm. one of the things that they didn't do. So I think in a lot of ways, unfortunately, they're undermined by the very situation that they've been left in and are trying to rally against. So it's a shame. Mm. Like, I really hope that uh, they do, that the strike is effective and they get the kind of pay rise that they, def they definitely deserve. And to be honest, like when you look at the reactions on social media, like vast majority of them are very positive. It's only the kind of tiny kind of antagonistic troll accounts or bots that kind of seem to have anything negative to say. And it's mm. stupid stuff, really, isn't it? Lilong's going to get rid of those bots for us. Is he? Yeah. We deal with, yeah. That's what he keeps saying. That's what he doesn't like. That's what he's trying to stop people yeah. from doing, being bots. Yeah. Can't wait.
Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, go for it. Nurses, just go for it. You know what you're worth. You know what you want. Just please just don't give up and just go for it. Because I I don't know, man, no one else is going to fight your fight. So you just got to go for it. And uh, it's a shame that that, it would be interesting to know what happened in the places that didn't get enough votes. What was it? Just research into what's going on. What's the situation? But yeah, maybe it was. it wasn't made easier. If there's like something that stops you from, like for me, for doing podcasting and the, and the, all this kind of stuff, like I actually keep the camera out because I can't bother to set up every single time. You reduce friction yeah. to do what you, the things yeah. you need to do. But if you, as soon as you introduce a little bit of friction, then it's yeah, yeah. less likely things get done. And maybe this is one of the situations where there's a bit, of, a little bit of friction introduced by having to get the envelope, write it out, get a stamp or whatever, put it in. And then, yeah, and that's going to suddenly drop a whole load of votes, isn't it? It's a real shame, real shame. But anyway. At least some places are going to go for it and hopefully send. The main thing is a message goes out, isn't it? A message goes out. Yeah. A unified message about the whole thing. A lot of nurses are members of Unison and obviously they, uh, Unison is the kind of uh, trade union for like bus drivers and whatever. And they were saying, hmm. wouldn't it be cool if they, those other kind of jobs striped for them? They, hmm. This is important. We strike because they could obviously also grind things to a halt that way, but also draw attention hmm. without the nurses having to do it. But. Again, this is some kind of there's narratives get played, isn't it? And ultimately got a parade like Labour Party has not looking particularly helpful in responding to the strikes either. So it's a pretty depressing situation, isn't it? Yeah, I was actually joking with my wife a bit earlier. Is the UK really the best place to live? Do you think why am I here? I don't know. I don't know. Where'd you go? Like I'm I don't know. Somewhere warm. I just like better weather. <laughs> oh uh, actually I mean that's uh, no tax. Though, I don't like tax. So I'd like to pay oh, less tax. So yeah, or well, no, I was in Monte Carlo. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's poor. That'd be the dream, but I think it'd be very expensive. Yeah, go on. Why would you want to stay here? Have you seen there's a tweet from at Leah underscore YPI that says, if you've never seen a UK visa rejection letter, the cruelty, the contempt, the humiliation, here's the one denying entrance to my mum because I said in my invitation letter that I was pregnant and needed help. I'm a privileged academic. Imagine what it's like for other Albanians. And mm. oh my gosh, the tone of this is horrendous. Because I'm sure you've probably received emails. That kind of have this kind of um, what's the word like this ma- malign indifferent tone but this is beyond that because i know you were issued with a number of visas in the past and your recent visa was uh just expired after its two-year valid- validity you have applied for a visa with two-year validity and stay in the uk and stay in the uk for three months in your visa application form it is stated that the main purpose of your visit is to stay at your daughter's house and to help take care of your new grandson and to help her with household chores the documents you have submitted do not indicate any social or economic ties with your own country. Your circumstances as presented in combination with your reasons for a visit at this time have failed to satisfy me that your intentions are those of a genuine visitor. On overall consideration, I'm not satisfied that you've demonstrated a need to leave the UK following your proposed visit. In light of these, I'm not satisfied you are genuinely seeking entry. It's just a lot of, I'm not, sat- I'm not satisfied. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's just so arbitrarily, it's bureaucratic for one, but two, mm-hmm. it, go- it talks about your intentions it's just really rude, actually. I imagine, I, I know you've said before, like sometimes people behave in this, like when you're driving, you said that. And in the same way, this person's written this email. And I'm like, I don't think you'd have spoken to that person face to face that way. And if you did, mm. you're an asshole. Mm. You're an asshole. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they're coming from a relative area of, of authority, which is why they, could, they think they can speak like that, isn't it? It's like what they say about your true personality coming out when you've got some sort of authority over something else. And this is what they're yeah. showing uh, in, in terms of what they're going. But actually, I remember something like this happened to my mum uh, back in the day. She's got a Bangladesh passport at the time, not anymore. But she wanted to go visit my grandmother in uh, Sweden. And yeah, they just said, no, you can't come in because they wrote something similar in that you are clearly, they were implying that she was going to go to Sweden and just live there. 
And I said, but why would I? My kids are in schools here. My husband's here. Everything's here. Like, why would I not come back? But the implication was that on some level that my mum was being dishonest in her application yeah. to go to Sweden. And then, so I think that actually spurred her. I think that might have been what spurred her to just go get a British passport and go visit the next year. And that's how they go then, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, it just seems... Yeah. But this whole thing about passports, I do find all a bit weird because I'm actually going to go to Bangladesh soon. Oh. And I was looking into, do I need to get a visa? And they said that I didn't need to get a visa. And I thought, really? I don't need to get a visa. I just turn up and say, I'm going to visit for whatever reasons. But if a Bangladeshi person came across to here, yeah. it didn't seem right, does it? We could go over there. It's fine. But they can't come over here. What's that about? Because this country is just so marvellous. Yeah. There's no chance I'd want to stay in Bangladesh. Why would I? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. It, none of it makes sense. Uh, I just don't understand. But anyway, you, those are fight, fights for bigger people in bigger places, I guess. Um, do, doing the little shimmies. Yeah. Should we do a festival? Yeah, go on. Go on, do a festival and then let's um, call it an evening. Here we go. Um, our son sewed us his box full of dildos the other day. And it's hard to navigate the very complex territory between why would you show us that? And we are glad you feel able to show us that. So that's cool. Yeah, isn't it? It's a kind of, it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We transcended. But is that a good transition from parent to, to mate, I suppose? Or I something? think so, like, because I'd like to think so, like when my kids are growing up, that I hope that they're well adjusted enough to have their own cohort of people, friends their own age that they could happily discuss those things with. Because mm. I feel like I got, interestingly, like in response to our podcast, you get some messages sometimes. And one of the jokes was that, that we might get sponsored by other things related to subjects that people find difficult to talk about. And one mm. of them mentioned a sex toy that I'd never heard of before, oh, which is God. my kind of, it's called a Tenga. Have you heard of a Tenga? No. What is this? What yeah. is it something you eat? I, I had to Google it. I'm still not sure what it is though. I'm not sure, mate. But basically my point is that my kids came up to me and they were like, I'd just be like, oh God, they'll have to be like Googling it and stuff afterwards. I just, I wasn't really? very good at it. So I'd hope that they have friends to fill that void way better than I yeah. could. Yeah. I don't so know. I can't, I can't be taking that. Yeah. 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 Anyway, nice. I'm not reading that. Come on, man. Don't think I'll read that. <laughs> yeah. I read it. Terrible. It's terrible, isn't it? My mate's wife has a great pair of boobs, and I frequently enjoy her holiday bikini pics. Ibiza 2019 is a fave. I crop my mate out, though. I'm not an animal, which is interesting. Cropping their mate out. So what does that mean? So it means that they he's got them stored somewhere. I assume it's a he. It might be a she. I assume that they, well, as in they don't want to be enjoying the view with their mate in the way, because then that would remind them yeah. of who the person is, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible person. Terrible. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. That's why I just felt like I couldn't read that as a bit much. No, man. It's, it's awful, isn't it? No, man. Can't be doing that to your bros. No way. <laughs> cool. All right, let's cool. call it now. And this is that for once we've recorded on Thursday. Yay, managed it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, then. All right, until next week. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, do get some boxes. At the very least, or some crop preserver. Or uh, awesome. Uh, I think they should do the lawnmower. The lawnmower is a good bit of kit. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah, solid. Well, and the, yeah, they're all solid. I love it. Okay, cool. Cool. All right, then. Bye, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Bye.